Restaurant Unstoppable 94. Welcome to RestaurantUnstoppable.com. Listen to successful restaurant professionals as they discuss the tools, tactics, and services they use to better lead, manage, and market their restaurants. Join our community and make your restaurant dreams unstoppable. Here's your host, Eric Cacciatore. Yo, what is going on, all you unstoppable restaurant professionals? Uh, You're going to have to... uh, Pardon my toned down excitement. I am recording this at the school in a little side room and I do not want to cause too much attention. But if this is your first time listening, this is the podcast for personal growth in the restaurant industry. And we do it by listening to the stories and taking the advice from some of the industry's most successful restaurant professionals. Today is Thursday. You know what that means. It's Authority Thursday. I have a great one. We are talking to a guy who wrote the book on management. (laughs) Literally. uh, I really cannot wait to hit play. He has so much energy. Uh, You're about to find out just how much energy he has. Uh, It's a great one. Here it is. Enjoy it. With excitement, allow me to introduce to you today's guest, Greg Blanco. Greg, are you ready to drop some management bombs of knowledge. Absolutely, Eric. Oh, man, I cannot wait. So, Greg is the author of The Super Manager, and uh, he told me his story earlier. I had uh, an intro I was working on, but, man, you just tell your story way better than I do, and it, it blows my intro out of the water. <laughs> so, <laughs> I was going to pass it over to you to, to tell us about you, about this uh, awesome book which is an incredible tool that you created. And uh, just give us the big picture, man. Tell us your story. Okay. Yeah, it really started back in the early 1990s. Um, I worked at the uh, Little Caesars restaurant in Oak Ridge, Tennessee. And when I was 16 years old, I started there. And I worked there for a few years um, in high school and early on in college. And I had a manager there named Ken Blaylock, and he's actually one of my best friends now. And I noticed that how I acted when I worked with him was different than the other managers. Um, Things he would do, um, really good uh, management techniques he would utilize, made me a lot more motivated, a lot more productive when I worked with him. So I started becoming very fascinated with uh, good management techniques and, and the power that they could have. And so when I was in college, I majored in finance, but I, was, I spent a lot of my free time reading management books uh, in the summers especially. I read tons and tons of management and leadership books, and I felt that there was a need for a, a short, easy-to-read, interesting uh, management book um, that also had depth. And so where you could have everything in one management book. And so about a year after college, I was way too young to be doing this, but I was 23 a few months before my 24th birthday. It was actually 17 years ago this week I started the first version of the book. And I wrote the first four versions between late 1997 and late 2004. None of them took off. Um, They got better over time, but... um, None of them took off. And then between 2005 and 2010, I was the CEO of an alternative energy startup company. And basically, to make a long story short, we were about 10 years too early with that. So that closed in 2010. And and then in late 2010, I started working on the fifth version of the book, which is titled The Super Manager. And also, I took basically took most of the ideas in the fourth version, uh, built a story around it, and 
uh, and he created the super manager. And I, I looked at books like uh, One Minute Manager, Who Moved My Cheese, Fish. They're all short stories that take an hour, hour and a half to read. And so I, um, I, I noticed that they were selling millions of copies. And so people like the store format a lot, and the feedback I, I've gotten is, has been tremendous. Uh, I've gotten uh, two people, two separate people love the book so much that they each built a class around it. And so I've had lots and lots of great feedback. It hasn't taken off yet, but I'm still pushing hard, and I'm going to keep going um, until that happens. And, and I know you've talked about on the show, I've listened to your, some, uh, some of your recent uh, episodes, Episodes and and you talked about having a vision and and my vision for this book is to uplift the entire world with the seven principles in the book and I really believe that good management techniques can you know make so many people's lives better the frontline employees their lives better the management their uh, the managers their lives better the owners can make more money when these ideas are implemented and also customers I know I'm the, like uh, some of the companies I'm a big fan of like Zappos every time I call their company to order some shoes I, I, the employees there are just so engaged and so passionate and I love that and I thought man how how exciting would it be if every company were like that so really that's my mission I, I think that work is is something that uh, most of the time people tolerate I mean some people are passionate about their jobs and it's, it's awesome when you see that but it's usually something that's tolerated people go to the office Monday morning uh, they kind of dread it mm-hmm. they're excited when they leave on Friday afternoon I want people to be passionate all the time and I think that 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 can happen and so that's what really motivates me with with this book Greg, I love your your energy, man. Like people always tell me that I need to to cool my jets and calm down and relax. But like <laughs> I feel like you're right there with me, competing with this like go 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 vision. Like be the best you can be. Blah blah blah. Like like I, I mean, you're just I, I, there's gonna be some competition for the energy level today. Uh, but I, I think I might just let you take this one and run with it because uh, you're just you're you're pumping me up right now. Oh, I appreciate but, <laughs> it. You pump me up. I, I love your show and you pump oh, me thanks, up. So man. yeah, it's gonna be a this is but, a lot of fun. I mean, about your book. I mean, what I love about it. I mean, I was able to, to chew through it so quickly, and it tells a story. We won't get into the actual story today, but in the industry, we don't really have the time to sit down and get caught up in all the fine details of things we just want to take away the the meat and potatoes uh and with this book it's less than 100 pages uh it's perfect if you have somebody who you think would make a great manager and you kind of want to instill those those morals and those ethics of being a manager with them uh you can hand them this book and overnight they can have it read easy after working a 12-hour shift literally like you can chew through this book in an hour and a half uh, if you just kind of grind through it and uh i mean you leave those seven principles uh which is what we're going to talk about today um that's what we're going to cover today uh the seven principles and um before we do that greg i um well first i just want to point out your persistence one of the things mm-hmm. that really resonates with me about you is your persistence. You started this when you were, you said, 23 or 24? Yeah, I was 23 in, the, in late 1990. I'm born in February. Yeah. In late 1997, I was 23, a few months before my 24th birthday. That's when I thought this Almost was the funny thing. Almost 20 years ago. <laughs> Yeah, it was 17 years ago this week. It was wow. late December or early December, and um, I thought this is this is how you know entrepreneurs take this as a lesson. Mm-hmm. I thought a year later that I was going to be on a book tour and having a successful book. Yeah. So that it's it's pretty funny, but you know how naive I was. Mm-hmm. But you know, but yeah, it's been a ton of it's 11 out of the last 17 years I've been working on it uh, on the book. So but, in five I mean, versions. It's, to sum it up, though, what you're doing is you're not quitting. You, you mm. keep going. Every version you have. Uh, you learn something, you fail forward, you take something away, uh, you learn from what you what you accomplished. 
learning to get to that end point. And I, I have to say, man, with this one, I think you knocked it out of the park. I didn't read the first few ones, but I found a lot of value in this book. It was easy to digest. It gets to the point and it tells a great story. And that's why I want to share it with everybody who's listening. Um, so before we share it, I need to ask you, what is one success quote or mantra you have to kind of get that motivational and inspirational ball rolling? Yeah, that, and that, that one for me is um, when you take care of the minutes, the hours take care of themselves. And I love this because I've really uh, adopted this over the last couple of years because I've begun to realize the, the power of habits. Like when I want to change something in my life, I, I build a new habit. And, and I think it, I not only do that in my personal life, but I think for managers it's really important too because for managers it's not about, you know, doing one big thing. It's about doing all the seemingly small things every day. And it's about, you know, praising good work, saying, hey, you did a good job, or hey, what do you think? You know, listening to employees or, or setting a good example. And all, all the seemingly little – or training employees well, taking uh, a little bit more time to train an employee well, all those seemingly little things are the big things. And so I always – like even with my book, I think, you know, I want it to be a huge global bestseller and, I, and all this, but it's like and I want to change the world. But I thought, how do you do that? You do it one blog post at a time. You do it one tweet at a time. You do it one, you know, interview at a time, and you just have to, you know, take care of the minutes. What can I do today? And so as a manager or in your personal life, I think that's a great mantra to have because Mm -hmm. it's really about the momentum you get by the good habits that you have. Yeah, and, you know, one thing I have to compliment you, another thing, like, we talked a little bit about vision already, but you have the end in mind. And that's one, you say habits too. I think it's like the third or second habit of, um, you know, seven habits of highly effective people is having the vision and having the end in mind. And you always work towards that end and you're continuing to work. And even for a restaurant owner, you need to have that vision and you need to have that end in mind uh, to have something to work to and to have a definite purpose with everything you're doing. So every minute works towards those minutes, those hours, like you said. Um, That's a great point. Yeah, man. Great, great quote. Thanks for sharing it with us. Oh, thank you. So we got to talk about the uh, first principle. What is that first principle? First one is uh, surround yourself with high-quality employees. And sometimes people ask me, like, okay, what's the most important principle? And I, I hesitate to ever give an answer. Mm-hmm. But if I had to, it would be this one. But, it, but all of them are important. But um, this one, if you hire the wrong person, if you hire somebody with who's not a good fit for the job, who has a bad attitude, uh, who doesn't take pride in their work, even if you do the other uh, six principles right, you're going to have a hard time uh, making that employee, employee be successful. Mm-hmm. And so this is extremely important to um, – uh, to get this right, and uh, I, my attitude is, you know, people will say, "Well, where do you find high-quality employees?" And and, and one word response, uh, one word sums up my response: everywhere. Look mm-hmm. everywhere, and it's so important when you get the right people. I mean, everything is is easier. Uh, I, I was talking to somebody recently who I gave a copy of the book to, and he said he was looking at the back of the book, and he goes, "Hmm, surround yourself with high-quality employees." If you, if you once you do that, everything else seems to fall into place. And I think there is some truth to that. Now, there's a lot more work to be done, but but you hire the right people, it's absolutely huge. And a lot of people give lip service to it, mm-hmm. but you really have to be passionate about uh, surrounding yourself with great people. And one tip I have in the book is about is hire for attitude, train for skill when possible. Mm-hmm. Sometimes the training requires just too much to do that. But restaurant industry is a great example where you can, if you can uh, get somebody with a really really good attitude, uh, then you can train them and then they could be a successful employee. Absolutely. And I know some 
Yeah, I've noticed on your show a couple times you talked about um, okay, what do you do when when you're when the when the restaurant is slammed, when it's really busy and everything's crazy, and I think during those times, if you have pe- the wrong employees, if if they have bad attitudes, the the whole uh, morale can collapse. I mean, everything can collapse. But if you have people that have good attitudes, who pick each other up when times are tough, who encourage encourage each other when times are tough, then you can make it through and even thrive during those periods. So I, I thought about that when you were discussing that a couple times on your show recently. Is that you, you get the that, that's when those times can make or break uh, uh, businesses, really. And so, but if you hire the right people, you'll you'll be strong through those periods. Absolutely. And just to add a little bit to that, I mean, people of the same make travel in like similar packs. So if you can hire a bunch of positive people, and you might have one person that isn't quite as positive. If you have a bunch of other people that are totally like really have great energy and a lot of positivity, they're going to bring that person who's just kind of positive up to their same level. So if you surround yourself, yeah, I mean, you you have to have that that buoyancy. And then when people are all positive, other people, they become in tune to that positivity and everything just. But you have to start with hiring the right people. Um, And you did point out, you know, you can find them everywhere. And like one of my recent guests Jeffrey Summers mentions, don't be afraid to steal employees. <laughs> you might have to go someplace, and if, if somebody is a great employee and they're not working at the greatest restaurant, look at it as giving them a better opportunity. I mean, if you truly believe in what you're doing and you believe in your restaurant, uh, and that's exactly what it is. So I'm sure we could go on and on and on about this topic, but we got six more principles <laughs> to cram through in a very short amount of time. So what is the second principle you discuss in your book uh that's train employees well and this is something that i i in the books that i've read it's rarely discussed but it's a huge issue it's it's the time between someone you know when somebody gets hired and and when they become a productive employee Mm -hmm. and it's such a sensitive time for for employees because they're trying to most of them are trying to make a good impression they want to do well but usually they don't know what they're doing and mm-hmm. it's not a matter of a lack of intelligence it's just a lack of experience and yeah. when you're somebody who has done something for months or years then uh, it's it's you you sort of forget what it was like to be new at it. Yeah, and, and, and can I just add something to that real quick before we sure, move on? Sure. One of my favorite professors once said to me, "We often say, you know, what's wrong with this person? It's common sense. But for some of us who have been in this industry, some things are common sense to us. You know, if we've been in this industry for twenty plus years, it might be common sense to us. But somebody who's looking for a summer job who's never worked in food and beverage." It's not common sense to them, and you have to train them, and you can't think everything is common sense. It's a big mistake that we as supervisors and managers and owners make. What do you think about that? That's a great point. You have to put yourself in that person's shoes. Mm-hmm. And then it's also your job to make sure that they they are trained well and that they get it right. And I don't think it's acceptable to say, well – you know they should know this, but you have to make you have to train them so they mm-hmm. do know it. And and so it the problem is it takes discipline and and it takes patience because you can sit there and and, and you're thinking I already know how to do this, but yeah. they're you know and that person's just trying to figure out how everything fits together. They uh, you know they want to ask questions, but then they don't they don't want to take up too much of your time. And then the manager has pre- has pressure because they probably have lots of other things to do. But I think yeah. that you have to you just simply have to take the time to get it right because what happens. Is, what would you say yeah. about account- accountability? Um, in terms of the manager or the employee? The, the manager. Yeah, well, I think that um, 
I, they have to. I almost think that you have to take 100% accountability for the employees I, because, and, and and I'm not saying that you know, if an employee does something and wrong and and that's something's out of your control, but you have to have the mentality that if that employee's not trained well, it's my fault, and, and you have to have that because don't put the blame on the employee. Put put you know you hired that person, train them really well, make sure they get it right, and when you do that, then they and you'll put in the effort and and you. You will get it right. Yeah. The employee will learn and, and, and be there for the employee also. Hey, if you have any questions, you know, after you train them initially, uh, uh, come come and talk to me. And so, but but make it, make it, you know, take pride in the fact that that employee is trained well. Um, because the thing is, the funny part is that people think that they are saving time by cutting corners and going fast with employee training. Mm-hmm. That they are actually making things much more difficult because the employee will be slower. They'll make more mistakes. They'll have to ask you even more questions, and so um, and they may even quit because they're so frustrated with not being trained well because they, they feel like they're not yeah. put in a position to do, to succeed. You know, and, and so many times too, you get that person who has the right attitude, but they might not have the technical skill, and people give up on them way too soon, way too mm-hmm. soon, and then you end up losing somebody who could be a potentially great employee because you didn't have the accountability to train them right and to give them the skills they need to be successful and you're missing out. And I mean, I think that contributes a lot to the turnover rate too, because uh, if, if you don't take the time to invest in somebody it, to give them the training, um, you can't expect them to stick around when things aren't going great for them. You know, uh, I, I totally yeah. agree. So, and then also, you, you know what? You're going to be training another person. So it's like you're not – if you want to – you're going to be spending time with a new employee. So you can't get around the fact that you need to train somebody well because another person will need to be hired. All that uh, – yeah. so much more wasted time. So, and so just do it right. Just do it right the first time. And I just want to add a little note. Um, I can't help but think of a recent guest I had on the show, Todd Edmund. He was talking about a service he provides called weighttrainer.com. Uh, Misty Young was a past guest. She suggested this as a service. And it's great. It's an amazing way to pro- – to insert a system of training using some of the technologies that exist for us today. Hey guys, that interview with Todd Edmund of weighttrainer.com is episode 85. If you want to check it out. All right. The next principle, go ahead, take it away. That's uh, the, the principle. Number three is communicate the end result you want, then empower employees to achieve it. That's basically a positive way of saying don't micromanage mm-hmm. and, my view is that the basic role of a manager is to get things done through other people. It's not to do uh, an employee's job for them. And so I think you definitely need to train employees well first. You can't – I don't believe that you can empower employees until you train them well. Mm-hmm. But once they've been trained well, then you have to um, empower them. And, and the idea is that give them – manage the end result. Don't manage the process. That's very important because if you want to say, this is the end result I want – and and then you figure out how to get it. And now, granted, there's sometimes that you have to do things a certain way. But don't tell them like how to do certain things. Let them uh, get you know say, I want this end result, and you do it your way and and in the best way that you feel possible. Because people do things different way, mm-hmm. a different way. In the book, I talk about going from the West Coast to driving from the West Coast to the East Coast. And you know, not everybody's going to want to drive the same way. Not everybody's going to want to drive at the same time of day, and they're they're not going to want to stop the same number of times. So just say, here's the end result. Get from the West Coast to the East Coast in two weeks or one week or whatever it is. And, and then, but you figure it out. But I'll be here if you need some help, some, some ideas. But, but that's important because people just have different styles. Yeah. And, and so manage that end result instead of the process. Yeah, no, another thing, too, that's really great about using that technique, you might have been doing something one way forever. 
And then as soon as you empower somebody to do it a different way, um, you may get caught up in your, your habits of doing something one way. And over time, there could be a totally better way <laughs> to do that, that you that never knew was possible. If you have somebody new with different experiences come into the picture and bring what they have to offer to a task that's been done a thousand times over, but never done as efficiently as they just did it just because you gave them the opportunity to do it their way. And just like that, you have a better, more effective way of doing things. So you open up the door to opportunity to be more efficient and effective. I would. That's a great point. I totally agree. Yeah. Cool. Uh, what's the next principle? The next principle is uh, principle number four is lead by example. And this one often comes to mind when I think about, um, all principles being important because if you could you could do all the other six principles and if you don't do this you will be in big trouble uh leading by example is so important and i think that managers should act the way they would want their ideal employee to act Mm -hmm. and and some people will ask the question well how do i motivate employees well the first thing i would ask is uh, are you as motivated as you want them to be so so that's that's important to set a good example and just be the type of employee that you would want uh, the employees that were important to you to be. So you, you want that, just, just you, you were showing um, through your actions how they should act, and it's such a huge deal. And it's hard, though, because it's hard to be really good at something and, and do really well and work hard and have a good attitude all the time, but that's what you need to do. And, and, and so then what will happen is employees will, will um, see your example and they'll follow it. I've seen it over and over again, whether it's good or bad. Uh, people will definitely um, follow your lead, and so this, it's, a, it's an extremely important thing to do. Absolutely. I can't help but think of one of the pieces of, of advice I had from a past guest, Ari Weinswag of Zingerman's. He says, your employees will never serve you as hard as you are willing to serve them. Mm-hmm. So the harder you serve them, the harder they're going to work for you. But essentially what you're doing is leading by example with saying, this is how hard I'm willing to work for you. And this is how hard I expect you to work for what we have going here with our, you know, our, our purpose, our, our vision, our mission as a, as a, you know, one unit, one business. So you have to set that standard and they will never work harder than you as far as setting the example either. So if you go up there and, you know, they see you washing the toilets and you're scrubbing behind, you're getting in and you're getting your elbows deep in that sucker and you're cleaning it hard. They will now know that when you say go clean the toilets, that is what it's going to take. And they will, like you say, you get to lead by example, but never ask your employees to do something you're not willing to do yourself and go do it. So they know that you're willing to do it yourself and do it the right way. So they know how to do it. I mean, it's awesome. Advice. Yeah. So what's the next principle you have for us? It's a uh, principle. Number five is listen to employees. And I think there are two benefits of doing this. And the first is to uncover problems and, uh, the second one is to get employee suggestions. Uh, I think in all human relationships, there's usually stuff going on below the surface, and you can have employees that uh, maybe an employee is not getting along with another employee, or um, say an employee feels like they haven't been trained well enough, or they feel like they're being micromanaged. There are all these issues that that could be below the surface that you don't know about as a manager that you need to know about. And uh, w- one idea I have is is for managers to meet with employees at least once a month and just talk to them about, hey, how are things going here? What do you like? What do you not like in your job? And then things will be uncovered and some issues can be uncovered. And 
it, the, the meeting can be anywhere from, say, five to ten minutes to maybe more than an hour, depending on the circumstances. And, and that, that's really important because you see all these, like, sometimes you'll hear rumblings from, from employees about, the, you know, being dissatisfied about certain things that the manager may not even know anything about. So it's good to always believe, you know, healthy relationships are all about communication. And so building in the habit of, uh, again, getting back to habits, of, of meeting with employees once a month just to check in on, on them. And, and uh, because a lot of times it might be an issue that you can easily do something about, but if you don't know anything about it, you know, the employee, worst case scenario, they could quit because they're upset and you may not even know that they were upset about it. So I think that's uh, an important part of listening or a benefit of listening to employees. And another benefit is getting employee suggestions. And I'm really amazed at how how rarely uh, employees, especially frontline employees, are, are asked, hey, how can we do things better around here? Uh, most of the time, they're, they're not asked about that. And But people know their job so well. And, and, and not every idea is going to be a good one. Not every idea I have is a good one. And, and so not every idea that other people have are, are good. But even bad ideas or, or you know, what, what, say, a manager thinks is a bad idea, that at least can make you think differently. So it can be beneficial. And, and so I think it's really important for, for managers to, to listen to employee, employee ideas and do their best to implement the good ones because that's when employees feel like it's their company. Mm-hmm. It's not just, hey, I'm coming here to collect a paycheck. It's, um, it's empowerment. You know, it's, it's, it's my empowerment. Yeah, it's my mm-hmm. company. I'm engaged because I feel like, hey, I have an idea for a restaurant and um, or for our restaurant and then you know, uh, if we implement it, then yeah. I feel like it's more like my restaurant. And it, one of the coolest ideas I heard, it was on um, a show back in April, the first show I listened to, and it was the it was a woman that, um, it was, it was Nancy Batista Caswell. I think oh, she, she said that they... Awesome. Yeah, they had, they had, I remember this, even though it was eight months ago, they had, I think, was it her, uh, with um, her company where they, they actually pay uh, people on the staff to go to different restaurants yeah. to get ideas? it's like a reward. Like, they pay, like, you have, like, a reward to go get... Uh, like a meal on us, but in return, you know, what can we take away from that experience? How can we make this uh, night out into a learning experience? So you're not only giving them, rewarding their hard work with a night out, but it's also, it's a reconnaissance, which is a really great approach. Yeah, and you may, maybe they'll bring back some ideas to make the, their restaurants better. Maybe and they'll steal an employee. <laughs> exactly, that's a good idea too. And and so it's like, uh, so yeah, it was really cool. That was a really unique way of uh, where you you know you look at other restaurants. But um, but yeah, I'm really big on listening to employees. And and also one of the things I did mention actually in train employees well is that an important part of that is sharing relevant information. Mm-hmm. And so even after employees are trained, I'm a big believer in, in sharing relevant information because a lot of times managers hoard information from employees. I'm not saying. There's definitely not all information should be shared with everybody, but I think sharing, you know, just um, information with frontline employees to make them feel like they're part of of the business, and and so and not not just saying, oh well, you're just here to do the grunt work, and and the big picture issues don't involve you, but you know, relevant information should be shared with employees, you know, updates on the business and yeah. and all that, and so that I actually put that in um in uh, that's in the the second. Um, uh, principal train employees well, which it's basically awesome. like an ongoing thing. But uh, the, I, I look at you know sharing relevant information is part of the you know the managers giving information to employees, but then also they should <laughs> breathe in. That's breathing out, but then breathe in information from employees by listening to employees. So Greg, both, you, are, you, know, you are worked up right now, man. I can't <laughs> help but to like chuckle at your energy. I mean, you just speaking about breathing, man. Woo! <laughs> yeah, I'll take a couple breaths here. I just <laughs> love the stuff. Fire. Uh, <laughs> man, you're just you're killing it with awesome advice and I have to say like what you're saying really reminds me of a few simple quotes. Um one from Ari, which I think he stole from his business partner Paul, can't recall the last name of Zingerman's, um saying when when furious get curious. 
basically. I love that. Yeah, and another one I love, um, you're, you keep on talking about habits and um, you keep on mentioning that there are seven principles here. Well, there are seven habits. So seven habits of highly affected people. One of his habits is um, first seek to understand, then seek to be understood. So before you make yourself understood, you got to really know the big picture and see what's going on. And you do that by listening. Um, and, I mean, we again, we could go on and on. And just one more thing before we get to the next principle. Uh, as far as sharing knowledge and what you talk about, just like, you know, listening to each other to, to share that, that knowledge with each other. That's exactly what Restaurant Unstoppable is. So you, you're preaching to the, mm. the choir, man. Like, we don't talk to enough, not only as employees enough, but... As restaurant professionals, we don't talk and communicate with each other enough. And I really do believe that all ships rise with the tide. And if we can put our heads together and work together as indie restaurant professionals, I'm here for the indie restaurant professional to to work together to help each other be successful. I mean, that's what we are here for, to exist, to help each other and to put our heads together. I mean, I can say it over and over again, but we got to move to the next principle. That is uh, the sixth principle. And what is it? It's a praise good work. And I think this is probably the easiest way to increase employee morale, motivation, and productivity. If you go up to an employee when they've, after they've done a good job and say, hey, you know, I really appreciate what you did. You did a great job. Those words are just, I mean, can mean so much to people. And I, one of my shows, I, the shows I like watching is Undercover Boss. And I remember seeing some shows where people get, they start crying because when the, once the boss is revealed and, 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 he or she tells the, the employee how much they, or how valuable they are, and how good of an employee they are. They just get so emotional, and, mm-hmm. and I think it's because they appreciate it. But also, there a lot of people are not used to hearing that, mm-hmm. and I think that more, we need to praise each other more often for the good work we're doing and not ignore it. And I don't think everybody's. You know, nobody does it, but I think it's just not done enough, and I think um, it needs to be done a lot more. And it's just so powerful. Yeah, you know, it, it all feeds into the higher needs of humans of just being recognized and knowing that you your your hard work is contributing to something and people will appreciate what you're doing. And those little mm. things, you can give somebody a paycheck, you can give people food, you can give them a roof over their head. Those are your basic human needs. But it's not until you start tapping into those higher human needs where people really start to appreciate you in working for you. Uh, do you want to add anything to that? Oh yeah, it's like Maslow's hierarchy of needs, man. I love that stuff, and I think I agree. It's 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 more than just collecting a paycheck and and uh, to be appreciated for what you you do is just it's so meaningful. I mean, it, it it touches your spirit, your soul, your heart, and and that needs to be um, a lot more of a part of business today. And and it's just a, it's a simple habit. It's it's a, you have to remind yourself as a manager to just to. to praise good work when you see it because it has a huge impact and it takes only takes a few seconds and it doesn't cost anything so there's no excuse yeah absolutely you got it man all right we have reached the seventh and final principle lay it on us man okay it's manage each employee differently and the idea with this is is that as a manager you want to learn about the skills talents wants needs and preferences of each employee in order to maximize their morale, motivation, and productivity. And I'll give you several examples. Um, uh, one is where employees, certain employees will work better with 
other employees, other certain mm-hmm. employees. So you, um, you know, you could have an employee that maybe on a scale of one to ten might be a five or six with one person, but then you pair them with another person that they really click well with, they might be an eight, nine, or ten. And so that's an example of managing each employee differently. Get to know who uh, who works well together, and maybe somebody works best alone. So let them work alone. Um, Another uh, example is allow employees to do work that they enjoy. If there's a certain part of their job that they really enjoy, maybe try to uh, allow them to do more of that. Um, Mm -hmm. And uh, another example of managing each employee differently is how you praise employees. I've talked to several people who have said, and one of them was a very outgoing person, so it surprised me. She said, oh, I I, I really don't like being uh, praised in front of other people. And I was very surprised about that. Now, I know other people who are more shy. I I figured that was the case. Uh, So I've heard this several times over the years. But uh, a couple years ago, uh, uh, one of my coworkers uh, said that, and I was really surprised. So it's important to get to know people because you don't want to have some big meeting and then praise somebody in front of everybody else and have them be really uncomfortable with that. And you're taking a really good management technique, praise good work, and then and then um, and then you're it's being a negative. So get to know employees. Hey, do you like to be praised in public? Do you like to be praised in private? Uh, another thing I'm big on is um, that I cover in the praise good work principle uh, in that section. Is is celebrating employee birthdays. I, I really think that you need to show employees that you care about them as people, and one way of doing that is by celebrating their birthdays. But not everybody's going to want to, to have their birthday celebrated. So some people don't want that at work. Mm-hmm. So you, you know, when they're first hired, you, you know, you ask them, hey, do you want to have your birthday celebrated? And if they say yes, if they say no, respect their wishes. If they say yes, then ask them, well, how do you want it celebrated? Do you want to go out to lunch? Do you want a small party? Do you want a big party? So you have to get to know employees, and it's tough. It takes time. But that that can really pay off when you get to know people. Uh, uh, you can manage them in a way that will make them much more productive and, and, and motivated. If I could just pick one word to sum up everything you just said, I would say attunement. Mm. Be attuned to your people. Yes. Um, make it yeah. more than just a manager-employee you know, employee relationship. Uh, really connect with that people. Learn them. Learn what's best for them and do whatever you can to make their life as pleasant as possible and they'll do whatever you can they can for you to make your life as pleasant as possible uh when it comes to working for you so we have crushed the seven principles of being a super manager uh is there anything else you think would you know provide value to this interview you'd like to lay on us one more time or just lastly before we wrap it up um, I think it really it goes back to habits. We talked about that at the beginning, and that's probably a good way to finish. And it's about it's not about doing one big thing. It's about doing the seemingly, and that's an important word, seemingly little things every day, over and over again. And that's how you get the end result that that I think managers should want, and that's to have a group of employees with high levels of morale, motivation, and productivity. You want them to be very productive, but also you want them to be very happy and very motivated. And so but you do that by doing these seemingly small things uh, over and over again. And, and in the book, I talk about how it's, it's, these ideas are common sense, but they're not always common practice. And, and so you have to – it's not – enough to just say, oh, praise good work. Oh, I understand that intellectually. Yeah. You don't really understand it unless you're doing it. Do you and not know, enough people are doing it. Do you know how many days it takes to create a habit? I don't know. I've heard different things, like anywhere from like maybe 30 to 60 or 20 to 60. Or I've I, heard what, what, like it takes 21 days to create a habit. 21. Okay. I don't know how true that is. I feel like, um, I don't know, to really drive one home, I feel like it must take a lot longer. But just try to start off for 21 days. 
write yeah. these these habits that you want to attain down and write them down and then read them every morning and make it a goal to kind of try to make all those things you want to do into habit in just 21 days and put little check marks down. And if you can do it for 21 days, you'll be surprised. Maybe after that time, um, you might pick up some new great habits. I ask all my guests before we wrap up, who's one person you admire in this industry who you think would make a great mentor uh, or a future guest? Yeah, one one idea um, I, I've had over the last day or two is I thought it'd be really cool if you uh, – I, I don't know a lot of people in this industry since I'm not in it, but I thought it'd be really cool for your 100th, 100th show, which is coming up uh, here in the next few weeks probably, if you uh, made yourself the guest. And because <laughs> I, I'm so curious, like, what you've learned over the first 100 100 shows and and what themes have come up and some of these things came up in my interview of you for my blog but I'd love to hear more details about it because it's fat you're interviewing so many different people and it's I'm not even in the restaurant industry and from a business perspective it's fascinating when you talk about marketing and raising financing and managing employees and so I'd love to hear some of the, a lot of the things you've learned um, and and I if you did that I'd definitely tune into that episode uh, that's a great idea um, it has been on the back of my mind to put together some kind of document, you know, top 10 things I've heard from the past 100 episodes. Uh, so, yeah, uh, I'm totally on board with that. Maybe I will do that just for you. Uh, <laughs> thanks for bringing it up. Uh, awesome. Yeah, that's flattering. Um, so how can we connect with you, Greg? If anybody wants to pick up this book, where can they find it? Well, if you go to uh, my website, it's free, freemanagementbook.com, and you can download the uh, PDF, EPUB, and Kindle versions for free there on on the homepage. So, and then also there's a link to uh, Amazon where you can buy the paperback. The paperback's around seven dollars, depending on if Amazon's discounting it or not. Um, also on the website, you can my email information is there, my Twitter information is there. I have a blog uh, there as well, and I've uh, I, the blog has been going for about 14 months, and I've posted 350 articles, wow, 350 man. blog posts. Hustling. In, yeah, in 14 months. And then also on the far right on the website, you'll see best blog posts. I have, I think, 57 uh, of the best blog posts. There are like 57 there uh, of the uh, 350, and I, I went through those uh, for the one-year anniversary in late October. and or, or the, I did 50, and then I have added more since then, I think. And um, and so if you want, that's the best place to get the best articles that I've written. Um, so, But, yeah, all the freemanagementbook.com is where uh, you can uh, download the book for free or order a paperback and, or get all that other information. So I'm just going to go ahead and take it a step further. Um, yeah, I'll have all the links in the show notes if you guys can't remember everything he just said. Just remember the number 95. So Restaurant Unstoppable slash 95. I'll link to everything Greg is sharing with us right now. Um, you can find all that but let me suggest based off of what i just learned today talking to you you invest the seven dollars or whatever it is and you buy the hard version of this book because we talk about sharing knowledge make this book into something that gets passed down from manager to manager and have them put put their notes in the book and then when you're going through uh you can just have them not only pick up your thoughts greg but the thoughts of you as the manager or the restaurant owner and past managers. And um, that's pretty invaluable right there. Um, there's a bunch of empty space, empty spaces in the book that you can use to share your thoughts. Um, make that part of the goal to expand upon 
what's going there, and uh, that'd be a really fun thing to do. So take it a step further. Push yourself to really challenge your employees and uh, have them share their notes in the book. It's only – how many pages is this thing? I'm opening it up right now. Yeah, it's around 100, but the key point is that it's it's uh, it's got big print. Yeah. And so it, it takes about – I noticed when I time myself, it took me about an hour and a half to read. I read slow, and also I'm thinking a lot when I'm reading it. Mm-hmm. And so, I'm, and, and so uh, it, a lot of people – like I, I, one person who read it told me it took her 35 minutes, someone who reads a lot of fiction. So it, it's probably going to take most people an hour, an hour and a half at the most if you're if you read a little bit slower like I do or if you're, if you're thinking a lot when you're reading. So, but, yeah, it's, it's around 100 pages, but it's – you know, big print, and it's around like fourteen or fifteen thousand words. Yeah, it can be read within an hour. And and what I did, nothing I did was I put the seven principles on the back of the book on yep. purpose, so you could refer back to them. And then if you're just at work and you just want to take a quick look at it, you can you can be reminded of of the seven principles by taking a quick look at the back. Or if you get the the electronic version, you can um, uh, print out, you can type up the seven principles yeah. and put them on the wall just as a reminder. So awesome, man! I love it. Yeah, great stuff. So. Uh, that's everything today. Help this guy out. Give him some support. He's got a great book that can help you and your team. And uh, I'm here to spread the good word. So uh, share this content if you found it valuable. Greg, uh, you were incredible. Your advice was extremely actionable. And you are for sure unstoppable. Thank you so much for your time and uh, joining us as an authority here on Authority Thursday. Uh, You rocked it, dude. I appreciate it. And one thing I want to mention is that uh, and I meant to talk about this at the beginning of the show, is that I just really admire you as a person because you're doing this, and I'm, I think a lot of people know this, but some may not, where you're doing this show, you know, 90-something shows in less than a year, you're going to school, you've got a, a job, and, and also you're, you switch careers from uh, an airline pilot to, to your passion uh, in restaurants, and I just think it's awesome. You're, you're an amazing example, and you inspire me, and I just think what you're doing is, uh, is phenomenal, and I know it's tough because I'm in a sort of similar situation but you're even busier than i am but i just want to say that you really motivate and uplift me and i think what you're doing is awesome that's extremely flattering thank you so much uh it really means a lot it does but i guess the only thing i can say is when you really love what you're doing it doesn't feel like work and that's i think that's the secret uh so if you love the hospitality industry if you love serving others then this is the industry for you because i mean this has been a journey and i'm loving every second of it but thank you so much for those kind words and you're uh, welcome I guess keep in touch, don't be a stranger, and best of luck with everything. Thank you. Another episode in the bag here at Restaurants Unstoppable. Greg, thank you so much for sharing your seven principles with us. And One thing I wanted to mention during the recording but I never got around to is uh, one of the things I noticed about this book is how on point it was with some of the advice I've been receiving from our past guests. Almost, not almost, all of those seven principles have been mentioned once before by somebody. So I saw this book as being a great opportunity to really drive home what we're learning here at Restaurant Unstoppable. So feel free to reach out. What did you think about this episode? Uh, Have you used any of these principles in your own restaurants? Uh, And give us some specific examples. Comment on this episode. Uh, Let's get the conversation started. Uh, Again, Greg, thank you so much for taking the time to be a guest. This is episode 94, so just go to www.restaurantunstoppable.com slash 94 
you will find the links to Greg's book, uh, to his to his website, and to some of the other things we talked about today on the show. Uh, just look for those links. Again, they will all be in the show notes. Thanks for your time today. I hope you guys found value in the episode. Until next time, peace out.